This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Let's talk about the, the biggest story, I think, in the last, I don't know, two decades that I can remember. Alex Ferguson taking the world by a bit of surprise and saying it's done and it's final and it's finished really quickly. Uh, when the, the rumours started to come through, we were like, ah, this is just another betting rumours mm. thing where the bookies are trying to make a lot of cash. And then they didn't go away. And at that stage, you kind of thought, OK, very reliable people are starting to say that there's something in this. Were you surprised that it happened this season? I'm very surprised, Ger. Uh, I, th- I thought, like you, I thought it was just a news story the other day, uh, and then when it wasn't denied, obviously it uh, it looked um, as if it could happen. But I thought Alex Ferguson would go on for another two to three years. Uh, anyway, he's got a terrific squad of players, uh, and I think when he's in the situation he's in, when you've got the players that he's got, even for a, a guy of his age or <laughs> my age, uh, it doesn't take a lot of running. You know, like you can get the coaches to do it once you got the players in. So. I thought the only reason it finished would be for health reasons. Yeah. And uh, there's been no talk about that. Um, but, you know, I- I- whatever time he went, uh, it was going to be a huge story. And I think the fact that they, they, you know, they won the Premiership was a good time for him to go out. It is, uh, you know, they all say that um, in politics every career ends in failure, but we, we frequently steal the line and use it about sport as well. Well, that hasn't happened in this case. But very much in management. You know, if you look at all the great managers over the years, uh, a lot of them have finished uh, being sacked. I mean, there was a famous manager from Wolves years and years ago, Stan Cullis, uh, who, going back a long time, won the Cup in 1949, won the Championship three times in the 50s, won the Cup in 1960, uh, and, and was sacked in 1962 because they had a bad season. So if you stay at it long enough, usually you do finish in failure. Uh, but in Valley Ferguson's case, it, it's just been phenomenal what he's done over such a long period of time. You've obviously uh, had contact and, and watched some of the greatest football managers of all time in English football. Uh, it, I, I know it's kind of a, a silly thing to rate them or to rank them, but uh, I can't see anybody who has had a career that maybe the, the three European Cups thing might... I don't think that. I think that's... Uh, I've heard that as well, that he didn't win as much in Europe as he might have. But I think that's, that's crazy stuff. I mean, uh, Matteo won the European Cup last year. In, uh, for Chelsea and doesn't make him a great manager yeah. uh, you know Ferguson the run he's had I don't think anybody will ever uh, equal that and I, th- I think he's I think he will go down as the best uh, manager in the British Isles for what he's done over such a long period of time it is the longevity that everybody keeps coming back to when you're talking about what's so remarkable about him an ability to watch one team fade a little bit and then not to just kind of disappear with them but to have that intensity and work ethic to go, I'm going to fix yeah. this. Well, yeah, the, and it, I, I t- the find I think, the find I think most amazing about Ferguson is how he's evolved in the way the game has evolved. I mean, I'm, just, but I'm a year older than Alex Ferguson, so I'd be an old-timer, and my principles, uh, I would find it very, very difficult to deal with the agents and the players today. I would find it very, very difficult. Uh, whereas he's come from my culture, and he's changed with it, he's gone with it, he's swayed with it, uh, he's, he's changed the teams, but I think mostly that he, he didn't say, well, this didn't happen in my day, it's not going to happen now. He's actually gone with it, and I find that absolutely unbelievable that he can do that. Yeah, because it's completely out of the caricature that we hear of Ferguson being stubborn and pig-headed yeah. and, and bullish, whereas actually it turns out that whatever way the wind is blowing, he can 
well, sometimes he can, he can change the direction of it himself. Only in general terms, Jer, uh, can he do that? I'd say when it comes to the individual dealings with players, I think he's as hard as he ever was. Uh, but he's able to go with the general sway, having to deal with agents, players' contracts, freedom of contract. That wasn't there when he first came into the game. The Premiership wasn't even there when he's come into the game. So to deal with all that and all the players that, that, that he's had to deal with, uh, and I think change in the team, as you say, I think the dramatic thing with F Ferguson when he brought the young lads in a few years ago, when ha he had a winning team, had the courage to do that. So, you know, he's done a lot of great, uh, great things in the game. Do you have any idea where that comes from in his mind, his ability to kind of say, right, I'm going to sell Kanchelskis and Ince and I'm going to put Beckham and Scholes in there and I, I don't care what anybody says? Um, well, I, I think that's in him. It's always been in him. Uh, I don't think you can learn that. Uh, and, and he did it. And, and you know, that's, that's, I mean, there's so many uh, attributes to great managers, you know, man management, uh, spotting a player, the tactics, all the various things. And no manager ticks all the boxes. But I think Ferguson has ticked an awful lot. And I think when he had to be bossy and, and, uh, uh, with players and be ruthless with them, because all managers have an obligation to the club. They have to do what's best for the club. And there's no sentiment. There's always the saying in football, there's no sentiment in the game. So when it came to him having to get rid of, uh, whether it be Cantona, Roy Keane in particular, uh, he did it um, and because it was for the benefit of the club. Uh, and he's always done that. You know, I think he's been a great manager for Manchester United. There's no doubt about it. You know, I think there are certain things in the game that I would be a bit critical of him uh, in his behaviour. Yeah. I, I think he's shown in many ways a bad example as a, as a senior citizen of the game to younger managers where he's got onto referees and uh, complained about them with your Fergie time and all those things. I think he, 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 we could have done without that. But overall, he's been uh, you know, the, the best manager, I think, in, in, uh, in our time S and before. Somebody made the point that he kind of introduced that getting after managers thing to English football in some respects, that like uh, previous to that, Paisley, Shankly, uh, even the, the great Matt Busby wouldn't have done that kind of thing. No. I, I don't know, would Don Revy have, have got at referees? No, Don, Don, or Don didn't do it. No, Don, I think it was, it was, that's a culture I think that actually Alex Ferguson was, was, was mostly involved in. And I think what uh, I would object to in that is that people, less the younger managers who wouldn't have had the ability he had to be a great manager, would look at what he did and say, that's why he's a great manager. Mm. In fact, Ferguson was a great manager because he knew players, he got the best players into the club, he could train them, he could keep an eye on them, he could control them, he could do all those things. It wasn't these mind games that made him a great manager. But for managers coming into the game who didn't have his ability would say, that's the secret of it if you're looking for a secret. In fact, there's no secret to the success of somebody like Alex Ferguson. It's hard work, it's dedication, it's spotting good players, it's keeping good players in the club uh, and providing an environment where good players can, can mature and flourish. That's what a great manager does, not the mind games. And the ability to retain the, the energy to okay. manage all that. Well, you take that for granted because that's what he did. He, he, I think to, to do what he had to, you have to be fanatical about the job. Uh, you have to be absolutely fanatical. He's in it morning every morning before anyone at half past six. He'd go down to South End to look at a player in the reserves. If that was if that was the that's what you have to do to be to do. It's hard work, and uh, it wasn't hard work for him because that's what he wanted to do. But you have to be fanatical uh, to do that. And I think you know the appointment. I see which Manchester United made a very very clever uh, and and wise decision to allow him to pick his successor. Because a lot of boards would say, no, we're not listening to the manager. Although it's the most important decision they've had for the last 26 years. They give him uh, the authority to do that. And he's picked David Moyes. And from what I know about David Moyes, he has this fanatical attitude that Alex Ferguson has. 
and it's had for a number of years. Yeah. So that's that's a start for David Moyes. He has that. We know that for that, that for sure. Uh, obviously, the Matt Busby comparisons have been coming since the announcement was that he was going to be a director of the club and an ambassador as well. Mm. I know initially when we were talking about this over the, the last however long, it was like you were kind of saying it would be a bad idea if he if he hung around. But maybe Ferguson is smart enough to understand that that danger is there, or is it still a, a dangerous tightrope that they're walking? I think it's a danger. I think a danger. I think I think my my opinion is that if he was doing the best for Manchester United, he would leave it all together. That's my, my, my uh, take on it, because if you become a director, I saw in the paper this morning, well, he's not going to interfere uh, and he's not going to go into the dressing room. Well, he won't do that. But if you take a hypothetical situation, Ger, where, say, David Moyes comes in and he wants to buy a player, say, for 35, 40 million, it has to go to the board of directors. And Fer Alex Ferguson is a director. So if he, the, the first thing I would do if I was a fellow director, I'd say, Alex, what do you think of this? Yeah. And no two people think alike on football. It could get to the well, oh, I wouldn't be that keen on him. So there's always the possibility of that happening. Or else he can say, well, I won't get involved in that. But then he's, what's the point of being a director? I think Im Ambassador would have been a great role for him, to yeah. go to the different places, and he's, he's, a, he's a legend, and he'll do that. But I think if he's a director, I think whether he likes it or not, or whether he thinks or not, he has to get involved in it. And uh, I think there, there could be a possibility of conflict there. Can you talk to us a bit about the, the Matt Busby situation? Because we were kind of wondering, uh, was it that Busby couldn't let it go? Was it that he didn't want to let it go? Was it that he was kind of pushed aside at the, the wrong time for him? Or was no, it no, I don't think he was put... No, Matt, Matt, Matt Busby decided to go himself. I think once... You see, if Matt Busby was there for a long time and a legend, Alex Ferguson was there for a long time and a legend, you can't suddenly cut off the relationships that you've had with the players particularly. You just can't cut that off because it's, just, it's only happened now. So if Ali Ferguson's around the place, he'll always be the boss of those particular players he's yeah. had dealings with. So you can't cut it off. And in Matt Busby case, it was Wilf McGuinness, who was a young uh, coach at the club, an ex-player at the coach, became the manager. And the, the obviously the players like Bobby Charlton and, and Dennis Law and, and Georgie Best and all these guys still had a relationship with Matt Busby. And the, 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 the obvious thing to do is that if you're left out of the team or things are going go, go well, you go and say, look, boss, I'm not too happy the way things are going at the moment. So, although Matt Busby wouldn't intend to get involved in it, he would be involved in it, because you can't just cut it off after so many years, the relationship between the players. That's why I think you've got to be out of the way altogether. I mean, if you look at the Bob Paisley situation when he took over from Bill Shankly, Bill Shankly was a great manager. He was a bit, bit of a football nut, by the way. But he was still going down to the ground training, to the training after he finished this. And Bob Paisley had to go to the directors and say, look, this can't do with this. And he had to tell Bill Shankly to stay away. Yeah. Because you can't do it. The, the, the players will be saying to the boss, you know, your boss, how are you doing? Or whatever it is. You didn't play well. Whatever it might be, you'd be a better a million miles away from the place. Paisley managed to survive that, and, and his team was incredibly successful. Mm. Six league titles and three European Cups. Uh, was McGuinness just the wrong type of character to be able to say to Busby, look, thanks very much for your help here, but yeah, maybe you could go on holidays for a couple yeah. of weeks. Wilford was, wasn't in a position to do that. And Wilf was also taking a team. The difference between Paisley taking over from Shankly, but he, he was taking over a vibrant team, a winning team. Kevin Keegan had come in, they were a great side, so he was taking over a great side. Wilf McGuinness, when he took over Old Trafford, was taking over a poor side. Yeah. You know, and uh, Wilf didn't have a chance, to be honest. I, I, if he was Wilf was taking over the, the present squad, then he might have a chance. That's why I think maybe Moyes, at least, you know, aware of the situation, that this has happened in the past is taking over a much better group of players. Oh yeah, 
Well, that's, it, it's, a, it's a great credit to Alex Ferguson that he's leaving the side that he's leaving. He's leaving them in really top-notch condition. They've just won the championship again. Uh, they've got a terrific group of players, a lot of young players in the squad. So it, it's not when Matt Busby was leaving his job, as I said before, he was leaving a team that was really on the way down. And Wilf McGuinness had to take that up. Whereas David Moyes uh, is taking over a really good squad of players. And, you know, I, I always felt in management, 90% uh, of the job was having the right players in the club. So I think he'll have a lot of right players in the club. And I think it's a manager's dream, actually, from, from David Moyes' point of view, to be taken over uh, a situation as he, is, as he is in Manchester United. With the one slight exception that it would be better if Alex was... Well, on my, I'm only giving you my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he, like when Alex Ferguson uh, came to Manchester United uh, himself, he didn't have the... He, Matt Busby was there, but Matt Busby's powers had waned, so he wasn't a, an influence at that particular time. And don't forget, it took Alec Ferguson three years to get it right. Mm. Now, I think in, in a situation that David Moyes is in, um, if he doesn't get it right straight away, he's going to be in trouble. Yeah. Um, so there is a big difference. All the circumstances are, are, are different, you know? The difficulty about getting it right at Manchester United is that that means winning either the league or the Champions League. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean qualifying for Europe. No, but he doesn't have to. You see, when Ferguson went to, to Manchester United, he had to build the team. They were in bad condition. They hadn't won the league for years. And he had to re recreate the Manchester United of old, which he did. David Moyes doesn't have to do that. Yeah. He's taken over a really good situation. And I think if he does a half-decent job, I think Manchester United will be successful again next year and for the next few years. Yeah, they gave him a six-year contract as well. That's a real signal of intent that this isn't a guy who's a stopgap or anything like that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too bothered about the long-term contracts and management. Uh, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> it's good it. for him, and it's, it's showing confidence in him, which is right. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Is Moyes the right? right? I think he's earned the right, Jared. Yeah. David Moyes, I think, has earned the right to get the job that he's getting at the moment, which is the best job in England, really. Uh, because what Alex Ferguson has also done, which is very, very important, he, is, he, has, uh, he has made a structure there, or created a structure there, that most clubs don't have. In other words, he's been in charge of the buying and selling the players for the last 20 odd years. Manchester City don't have it, Chelsea don't have it, none of the other clubs have that. And that's a vital, vital ingredient for success. So he's handed over to David, to David Moyes a structure that has been accepted. He doesn't have to fight for that structure. So it gives him a good chance to go on and, and, and be successful. Okay, so you, you think he is the right appointment? I think he deserves the job, Jar. I think he's, he's, he's served his apprenticeship. I think he's as good a bet as anybody else. And because what you'll find Manchester United now, they're in the same position as most of the clubs. They have to get a new manager. And when you're looking for a new manager, you're in the lap of the gods. Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. I've often said to people, I would, I would hate to be in a position where my life depended on picking a successful manager for any club. Yeah. It's, it's really, really in the lap of the gods. But he's got a lot of, th I mean, there's no thing, David, David Moyes has a lot going, lot going for him. He's a good lad himself. I think he's a good, honest player, I think honest uh, uh, individual. Uh, I think he's fanatical. He's taken over a very, very good squad of players. So the conditions couldn't be better for him to do what's needed to be done. All right. Joe's in the crowd and has a couple of quick questions for us, Joe. Yeah, Jared, there's a couple of guys here. I'm here with Matt. Where are you from, Matt? Uh, Tolko. <laughs> hey. What? Why is everybody laughing at that? Uh, it's, it's the people that own the pub are from Tolko. All right, okay. What's your question for John? I uh, just asked John, it's an unbelievable legacy that Sir Alex has sailed, but uh, who do you think was his most important signing, and who do you think David Moyes should sign in the summer? Um, 
Nice easy question. Well, nice easy questions like that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> his most important signing, I think his most important signing was probably Cantona. Um, I think at the time he signed Cantona, if you remember back, Manchester United blew the league the year before when Leeds won it. And I think when they started again, as happens with a lot of supporters, they started as losers. And I think the crowds were on the, on the players' back because they blew the league the week before. And by Christmas, coming up to Christmas time, they weren't doing very well at all. And uh, I think the, the signing of Cantona, when you're in that position, the crowd, the Manchester United crowd, any crowd, are looking for a hero. They want somebody to cheer. They want somebody to be the hero. And when they bought Cantona, I remember at the time, before Cantona kicked the ball for Manchester United, he was a hero with the crowd. And I think the likes of Brian Robson and that accepted uh, uh, Cantona with all these faults because he wasn't a great worker in that. But there, I think their attitude was the crowd loved Cantona. All, the, spe all the, the attention is on Cantona. We can get on with doing the job. And I think they went on to win the league that year, if I, re if I remember properly. So I think Cantona was a huge sign for, uh, for uh, uh, Alex Ferguson at that time. And who should Moyes sign if there was... Uh, the, their whole Rooney situation, it's almost taken as red now that Rooney's going to go. Mm, I don't know, I don't know. I, I, well, obviously, he's not in charge of the situation yet, uh, Moyes. So, um, but I think the, the, the wisest thing for, them to, for to Alex Ferguson to do is to say to Moyes, look, I, I leave the transfer until you come along because you're going to take over this particular players next year. Because um, there's talk about Ronaldo coming back. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the the, 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 the Dortmund yeah. coming to the club. Um, so I, I, he would have, I'd say he would have his own players in mind. But I'd say if he had to put up with Ronaldo, and what's the last name? The, the Lewandowski. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then he'd do it. If, if he decided, well, we're signing them anyway. Yeah, uh, he's not going to complain. Not, they're not going to complain about that. So because uh, David Moyes has been buying at a certain level, as we know, and he's done it extremely well buying the play. He had, he's never had the big money to buy players. So the players that he'd be talking about now would be in a, a, a league that he's never de dealt in before. There's also so an assumption going at the moment that Fellaini and or Baines are very likely to join Manchester United. But well, I think, that's, I think that's, there's bound to be speculation about that when the manager's leaving a, a, a team that he's going to take a couple of players with him. Um, would, they, would they fit in? I'd say so, yeah. yeah but if, if it, like they've got a big squad at the moment anyways, you know, Jerry. So somebody would have to go if he's going to get those particular players in. Uh, but I think they're both good players. Okay. Joe, one more. Yeah, Ger, one more question from the crowd. I'm here with Mick. Mick, where are you from? I'm the, the meat man in the audience tonight. Good man. <laughs> I think there's two, You're actually. You're a Joe Sheridan there's fan. Two. <laughs> oh, a huge Joe Sheridan fan. <laughs> Security detail for the night. Uh, your question for John. I just wanted to ask John. John, do you think that uh, United will be uh, successful in the future? playing the style of football that Miles had Everton playing over the last 11 years. It was a bit you know, agricultural at times. I wouldn't go that far, to be honest. I, I think, you see, what you have to, do you have to what, what is it, go with the cloth that you've got. You know, he, he wasn't able to sign Rooney, and although he had Rooney for a short time as a young lad, but he wasn't able to sign the players that Alex Ferguson had. And he had to do the best with the players that he was, it was available at the price that he, he got. Now, I think it's a legitimate question, because when he goes to Manchester United, he's going to be dealing with different players altogether who can play in the more expansive style that Everton played in. Now, whether he has the philosophy to allow them to do that, or whether he, he, he becomes more mundane, I would say, in certain ways, we'll have to wait and see. But I think he'd be a very, very foolish man if he didn't allow Manchester United to continue to play with the players that he has at his disposal. Now, when he was at... Uh, uh, at Everton, he never had the type of some of the players, whether it be Ferdinand, 
you know, Scholes, Giggs, all these players, great players that Manchester United have had over the years. He never had that type of player. He could never afford them. So I think, be, I think he's a wise enough man. He's been in the game long enough to say, well, these are a different group of players that I have now, and they'll be able to do the things that I want them to do. He was very practical at Everton, and that's why he was successful, because they weren't asked the players to do things that they couldn't do and be expansive in their style. So I'd, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't allow Manchester United to play the way they have played in the traditional way under Ferguson. Is it fair to say that perhaps Everton have actually got better and played more attractive football in the last couple of seasons when he has got some better players? Yeah, it, at times. I, I, I never found them really attractive, Everton. I must be honest, I would agree with the, with the, with the, with the listener, at the, the, that chap down there. I would agree with that. I'd, I'd never really look forward to seeing Everton play. I always thought they were functional, good, hard-working. I think he'd bring that to Manchester United. But if you bring that then the players who we have with the skill will, will naturally perform anyway. So I, I'd be very surprised if you don't see a different style of play uh, from Manchester United than you did at Everton, because he has the players there. All right, but o- overall you think it's a, a wise decision by Manchester United, and this is actually has all the potential to work out for them. Yeah, I think it's wise that they allowed Alex Ferguson to, uh, to, to pick the manager, because you know, he's made all the big decisions over the years. And it's one of the few clubs that allowed them to do it, Jared. Yeah. Uh, it sounds very simple that they've allowed them to do it, but directors uh, can be funny people in that they say, OK, Alex Ferguson has been running the show for a number of years. We're in a position to run it now, so we'll pick the manager. Yeah. It's not the first time it's happened, uh, but they've allowed them to do it. That's the first step. I think Alec, uh, David Moyes deserves the chance after what he's done at Everton. Uh, he has the players there, so I'd be very, very, I'd be very surprised if he's not successful. All right, ladies and gentlemen, John Giles. Thanks, Thanks for listening to this News Talk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.